Now, welcome, welcome to the business of personal brand photography. My name is Paula Brennan. I am your host, and I feel very honored to have your company here today with me. I have been sort of thinking a lot about the different types of episodes to bring you, and I'm not running out of ideas. There's lots of things flooding into me, but I thought that this might be a pertinent time of year for me to unpack what I've been having a bit of a realization about lately. And I really thought it was, yeah, just a good time to share. So this might hit well with you right now, but I think it's going to depend on what time of the year you are actually listening to this. So if you're listening to this towards the end of the year, I'm sure that you're probably feeling quite a lot of busyness going on, but perhaps you've waited to listen to this episode until the holiday break, or you could be listening to this into the new year. But no matter where you are, I'm sure a bit of this is going to resonate with you. But first, let me paint the scene because this has really come out of something that's happened to me personally and a few conversations that I've had lately. But the story of something that happened very, very recently, like literally in the last couple of days is quite funny. And I think it's quite relatable, especially if you're listening to this pre-Christmas time. So I have a best friend. Now she's got a daughter who's around the same age as mine. And listen, our girls grew up like they were sisters because they were both the only children in their families for years. So they've grown up very tight. Now, when it comes to present gifting, and I'm talking really about Christmas presents here, I am a massive experience girls. Okay. I love taking the kids to shows. I love taking them to theme parks. I like giving them memories. And that's kind of the way that I show my love. It's like, kind of like, you know, when you look at the love languages, I'm very much about that kind of like experience and, and, um, acts of service, I guess you could say. So I always took our girls to see shows at like the opera house when we lived in Sydney. And, and that was really my way of making sure that I cemented memories for not only for them, but also for me as well. Well, now just for context, my daughter and my best friend's daughters are going on. They're now 16 and 18. Okay. So this same best friend then had two more girls. Okay. So now these girls are five and seven, but my daughter and I still call these girls the babies because to us, they still are the babies, right? They've just, they they grow up so quickly, but they are five and seven. And of course it is that time of year when we're all looking for great Christmas present ideas and you know what? I'm kind of a little bit competitive when it comes to buying Christmas presents as well. I like to make sure that I've got the killer gift, you know? So I'm always, again, trying to think a bit outside of the box. So this year I was like, you know what? I know what we're going to do. We're going to take them to the city. We're going to give them a day out. We're going to buy them tickets to a show. Perfect. That's what I'm going to do. So I then went about Googling. Okay. So I go Googling what's on live shows for kids. And then lo and behold, up comes Bluey. Now, if you've never heard of Bluey, and don't worry, because neither had I, (laughs) okay, until it was piping through my best friend's TV nonstop where I would visit, I did not know anything about Bluey. My daughter was too old for Bluey. But Bluey is like this Australian cartoon dog. And that's about all I know about Bluey. But if you've got young kids, you probably know a lot more about it. But when I saw that there were only like a handful of tickets left for this show that's coming up in January, I literally pounced. I didn't even think about it. And I just bought four tickets for myself and my daughter to be able to take the small littlies um, to go and see Bluey on stage, right? Present of the year, I thought. And I closed my laptop, beat myself on the back, thought I was like the best ever, right? Then about maybe maybe about 15 minutes later, I started to think, okay, did I get this right? Like I was really starting to second guess myself. And as soon as my daughter jumped in the car that afternoon, when I picked her up from work, 
my nagging feeling was confirmed, right? Because I said to Aria, I told her about the tickets, right? And I said, have I just done the equivalent of buying like a 10-year-old tickets to see the Wiggles? Now, we were a Wiggles house, okay? So this is the kind of language that I knew we could speak and to make sure that I understood my potential mistake. And she like nodded, right? She's like, Bluey is for two and three-year-olds, mum. Okay. And I'm like, but I thought I saw them like watching it just a few months ago. No, mum, they've definitely grown out of Bluey. Okay. Well, wow. That was quick. It felt like yesterday, right? Like they were all obsessed with Bluey. They were so into Bluey and now they're not. And I know right now you're going, okay, Paula, all right, what's this got to do with photography? But it brought me back to a conversation that I had with another photographer just a few weeks ago. Now for context, this beautiful lady is a family photographer who started shooting when her kids were little. But now that her kids are all grown up, she kind of feels a little bit like she might have outgrown her market as the families and her network. That's all kind of grown with her too. And so it takes a lot more effort for her to be able to stay connected and to market to all the new younger families that are coming through. And I think maybe what she's thinking is perhaps she's maybe outgrown that part of her business a little bit too. Now, I understood her fear about letting go of that side of her business. And you know what, that, that can totally happen really easy. Like we talked about like making change and points you get to when you're a photographer and points you get to when you're a woman or an adult as well. And how you can feel like you kind of outgrow parts of your business a little bit. And you know, I mean, this can happen when you're a, f- a family photographer who's perhaps started when your kids are young and the families you capture are all of the same ages as your kids are and you kind of grow up with them. It can happen when you're a wedding photographer. It can happen when you're a portrait photographer doing studio portraits. It doesn't matter. It can happen at any stage of your career. And I wanted to kind of like kind of t- chat about this and open this up a little bit because I think that it can bring up some real definite fears to think about making changes in your business but there also comes a point where you have to kind of like admit that maybe you have outgrown parts of your business as well even if it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable and what do you do next yeah what about making changes or what about making you know making moves and shifts and changes within your business so I thought I might just talk a little bit about the the things that I see coming up for people, because I know that this stuff has definitely come up for me. It changes at different stages of my career. And then maybe let's turn those on their head, shall we? So let's get started. So the first thing I think that really is a block around making some shifts and changes in your business and maybe where you've kind of feel like you might've grown out of your business and, and you need to make changes. I think the first thing that can really hold you back from, you know, taking any kind of action is around that kind of fear of what other people will think. Now, let me tell you another story. We're coming up in Christmas and I know that a lot of the time over Christmas, you're going to spend with family who maybe just don't quite get you or get your business, right? And I know when I was like a wedding photographer, people got that, okay? It was an understood thing, okay? I did it for so long. So when it came to like catching up with family and friends around that Christmas time, I was a really kind of safe conversation, I'm going to (laughs) say. Old family, friends, they understood me and they understood what I was doing. And my consistency, it kind of made the people around me feel 
a little bit secure, I guess, you know, and, and weddings felt like a secure market. But then I started getting itchy feet, okay. At the time, I didn't really know what it was, but I turned 30, my marriage was changing and starting to break down. And yes, I was an early divorcer, um, but that's my journey and I'm not ashamed of it. And things have happened in my past as they always do. But then Sybaris came into my world. And if you have not heard the story about this, go back to the first couple of episodes of this podcast, because I do dig into that story further. But let me tell you, when I first met Sue and I discovered that beautiful style of portrait she was doing, I wanted to tell everybody that Christmas about it. Okay. But no one got it. Okay. Now it's not anyone else's fault about this. This was totally my thing, but I felt a little bit silly. Um, and maybe I was felt to make silly. I don't know whether it was me or whether it was the way other people were impressioning on me, but I felt silly because I wanted to change my business so radically. Like I really, really, really wanted to change way more radically than I did. In fact, it took me like maybe another five years to actually make the decision to go all in on the portrait studio style of things and start to let go of weddings. So it took me a long time from the point of meeting Sue to actually make that move. But I know it was because a lot of the time it was the beautiful people who were around me in my life who wanted the best for me, who wanted to keep me safe. They kind of had a little bit of an effect of maybe making my desire to change feel trivial. When I started talking about, you know, like portraits and and the kind of things that I wanted to do. Some people kind of were like, oh, that just feels a bit, yeah, that's your sort of habit, Paula, but weddings are your bread and butter. Weddings are what you're good at. So you need to stick to them. And then when I started talking about personal branding a few years later, I was made to feel the same. Like it was kind of, it sort of landed the same. And then after, it, it sort of started to feel, I guess, that it became a bit of a running joke. Oh, what's Paula up to now? What's the flavor of the month now? And I was surrounded, if I'm really honest, by a lot of people in my life who've had pretty much one career, one path, one business, and who haven't really deviated much from the sole thing that they do. So I think that, and and look, I can understand it from the outside in, that kind of like switching that when I'd hit points of apparent success within my field, I think that that was probably scary to them. Um, and I guess in a lot of circles that I've traveled in, I've always felt like that kind of like flighty, creative person, you know, like that sort of feeling who couldn't keep still and who needed to keep changing. And if I'm really honest, if I distill it down, I started to wear that a little bit like a bit of a label, I guess, um, as if my creativeness meant that I was just not satisfied and and didn't have staying power or consistency. Now, with hindsight, I can honestly say that I'm not flighty and I'm definitely not inconsistent. I photographed weddings for 22 years. I've had two different portrait studios that spanned across 10 years. And now I've been consistently doing personal branding for eight years. Look, of course, all of these different career paths have overlapped. Okay. I didn't start photographing professionally at the age of five or anything, but um, I can look back at all of that data and I know that I'm definitely not flighty. And I know that, but it was very easy for me to adopt that kind of identity. Um, and you know, I was, I guess I allowed what other people maybe thought or, and, and it was again, coming from a place of love, but I allowed that to kind of 
permeate into me as a bit of an identity. I just got itchy, you know, itchy for change. (laughs) Maybe that is the creative, but I definitely think that there's still merit in wanting to feel like you've, you know, like getting to that point where you feel like you've outgrown something. Now, those exact same people that were maybe a little bit sort of iffy, they've cheered me along, okay? Every time there were successes, they cheer me on, they tell me how much they admire me. And now a lot of the conversations are are different. The conversations are like, oh my God, they kind of like admire the big swings that I took, you know? And they they admire those big changes that I was able to make. A, A couple of them, in fact, have actually turned around to me and told me that they've, I've inspired them to make changes in their own careers. But At the time that these sorts of things were happening, at the time where I felt like I'd kind of outgrown parts of my business and I was ready for change, it's not necessarily how it came across. So it's funny that my fear of what other people thought oftentimes was more embedded in what what I was doing probably how it made them feel about their own lives. You know, it's kind of like when you hear about people like, Um, giving up alcohol or something. It's not necessarily you that's affected. It's sort of like reflects on them about what their drinking habits are and things like that. So it's funny how that happens. I think when you back yourself a little bit, you know, Um, and I know that, you know, as I said, it, it took, it's taken me while sometimes it's taken me time to make decisions, to make changes. But, you know, one thing I know is that when people show you fear and, and they, they come at you with that, it's more coming from a protection space or it's necessarily coming for how they, how it makes them feel. Maybe it makes them feel unsettled. Now, the second thing that I can see that kind of comes up for people is that fear of letting people down. Again, isn't it funny that we're talking about other people when you're making decisions in your own self? But I obviously think that this definitely can, again, come from, you know, feeling like you might let your family and your friends circle down similar to what I've just shared, but I see this is more oftentimes with photographers who are afraid of letting their clients down. Okay. So this is coming from a slightly different space. So what I want to say here is if you've checked out a little bit, okay, you know, that point where you get to, where you're just sort of feeling like I'm not loving this anymore. I'm really not into it. Then you're most likely not able to give your best anyhow, right? There comes a point in every iteration of your business and and definitely has happened for me where I've had to put a line in the sand and say, I'm just sorry, I just, I just don't do that anymore. Now, I see this when it comes to people when it, they outgrow their market in a financial space too. Um, I've seen this happen when people had to, you know, say no to, like for me, definitely I had to say no to doing weddings for sure. There came a time even with families that I absolutely adored and I might've done two or three of their kids' weddings and the last one was coming through. There came a line in the sand where you just have to say no. Okay. Now I've seen this happen to a really beautiful friend of mine who's just returning after a few years from her photography. And she's, she built an amazing business for the first 15 years, serving clients who were maybe on slightly lower packages than she was when she hit in the last few years of her career. So let's say maybe the first 12 or 13 years were like low packages. The last couple of years, she really learned the value of what she was creating. She found a market who paid her well. And so for the last couple of years before she kind of went on a bit of a hiatus, she was charging at a really well high price point, right? So it's, it's very difficult, I know, to get to a point where you might go back to your old clients and have to tell them that 
maybe you've put up your prices over the last couple of years and maybe you're feeling scared to charge your old clients new prices, but you've probably outgrown that older part of your business, right? You've kind of maybe moved on from some of those clients. Now, this is difficult and I know it's hard, right? But the great thing here is, is that this is your business. You get to decide the rules. <laughs> so if you want to, you can keep a few of those favorite clients on that legacy pricing model that you might've had if it feels good to you. Or if you know that you need to lose a few clients along the way in order to be able to make room to serve new clients, that's totally fine too. Either way, it's up to you, right? It's all up to you because this is your business. So I don't want you to feel like you're a victim to your business if you've outgrown, even if it just means you've outgrown some of your clients. Can I please encourage you to just think that this is your business that needs to serve your life. And I'm sure that your old clients would not feel bad about charging you more for fuel if they owned a gas station, right? So right now you might just need to put on your business hat and start thinking about how you could be Maybe letting yourself and maybe let's put it in the ballpark as someone else because sometimes that helps is maybe you're letting your own family down if you're getting too caught up in letting your clients down, yeah? So if you feel like maybe you've outgrown things, if you know that it's time to grow in different direction when it comes to your client base, your packages, your pricing, please don't let the fear of letting people down obscure your path. Because ultimately, you need to be able to preserve your energy. You need to stay in business so that you can serve people, right? If you burn out, if you are, you know, working with the wrong types of clients or if you're just, you know, staying in a place where you're undercharging for fear of letting people down, you are not looking after your clients well because you probably won't end up being in business in the next couple of years, okay? Now, the next thing I wanted to touch on (laughs) is that age-old fear of failure. (laughs) So let's say you're feeling like itchy feet like I do and you feel like it's time to make a move or a shift. Maybe you want to move away from something that you're offering right now and start looking at something different. Maybe you want to start offering something completely different, a different product or a different service within your business. You can always go back to exactly what you're doing right now if it doesn't work out. That's the truth. Fear of failure is really difficult because I think it's one of those things that's not always easy to feel like you can backtrack on, but we all feel like in our business that there's a spotlight on us that let's be honest, it just doesn't exist. Okay. No one else really cares about what you're doing in your business. No one cares. Only you. It means a lot to you. Yes. And I am very, very, very aware of this and I don't want to undermine you know, how you're perceived in the market or anything like that. But most people don't care (laughs) anywhere near as much as you do. So just ask yourself, what's the cost of staying exactly where you are now if you're feeling that desire to make some shifts and some changes? What are the kind of like opportunities that you're losing out on by staying kind of stuck where you are? Okay. I know that there's definitely opportunity that lies around the corner when you create some space for new things to happen. But if you're constantly jamming your life full of stuff you don't want to do because you're fearful of getting it wrong if you try something new, guess what you're going to get? A whole lot of what you're dealing with right now. (laughs) 
unfortunately, and it sucks. It sucks to hear this, but I wanted to, as I said, bring you this episode right now because I'm sure that after like busy seasons, we've all just had hectic seasons, right? That run up to Christmas is always a little bit crazy. So if right now you are feeling that desire to make some moves and changes, I really hope that this is landing in the right place. So what is what to do, right? What to do if you feel like it's time for you to change up your current business model? And now I am never, ever, ever going to suggest that you throw out exactly what you're doing right now. I want you to think about experimenting first, okay? So no matter what you're thinking of doing, I think it's always a great idea to dip your toe in, to experiment and to give things a shot. So let's say you're thinking of getting into video, okay? Go and take someone on a day around the city, flip over to video mode and think about, you know, like giving that a go. If you're thinking about jumping into personal branding, grab your best friends, take them on photo shoots, give it a go. Let's like test the waters first, see if you like it, okay? Because I know way too many people, I'm talking to myself right now, okay? <laughs> but a lot of us get caught up in the must do this this when the time and the circumstances are perfect and you know, procrastination isn't isn't my enemy and and leave the thing, you know, that they want to try, they leave it that way on the long finger, okay? How many times have you said when when the time and circumstances are exactly perfect, then I'll give it a go. Yeah, we all have that conversation and that inner dialogue going on. Things are never going to be perfect, right? The timing is never going to be right. The time is now. So make some time in your calendar to go and be creative and just go and have a play in whatever direction it is that you want to go in. Because I'm sure that what drew you into photography in the first place was that creative play and exploration. And sometimes when we make our creative outlet our main source of income, it can start to take the play out of it right? So maybe it's just time for you to go and carve a day or two in the calendar to switch off the judgment and just start to have fun with experimenting again. Now, with all of that said, this doesn't mean that you need to like, and I'm not suggesting with any of this that you throw out your current business model either. You might find that when you start doing some creative shoots for yourself, that that will satisfy the itch. You know, I know plenty of great, beautiful wedding photographers who just do creative portraits on the side. And I know in my portrait business, we used to do the same thing. We used to just do shoots because we felt like it. And it was kind of like an all in makeup artist. You know, we'd get people like a whole creative team to just have some fun. But we only did this stuff when the bills were paid, okay? So <laughs> please make sure that you only do that when the, when, the, when the bills are paid. But you might find that that creative outlet just, you know, satisfies the itch. So if you're feeling like you kind of might have outgrown things a little bit or maybe you're just feeling a little bit like overwhelmed or a bit tired, then maybe it's time for you to just go out and play again and just start to fall in love with the craft again um, and that might just do it. But look, again, this whole episode is about, you know, helping you to maybe find ways of like transitioning if you're looking to change inside of your business. So the second thing I would suggest that you do maybe is to consider just baby stepping, yeah? Okay, so ease into the market test it, see if there's a market, 
do your research, and then slowly as the income starts to replace the other income inside of your business, you can start saying no to the old stuff to make space for the new. Now, unfortunately, this can come with a cost for a little bit of time. If you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that when I first moved interstate, I was flying back and forward for a good four or five years um, doing weddings. And uh, like when I had a really flourishing portrait studio in a completely different state, you know, an hour and a half drives away. Now, the reason why I did it like that was because when I first started my portrait studio, I didn't necessarily know exactly where it was going to go. It went very well in that first year, exceeded way beyond all my expectations. But lo and behold, I was scared of like losing the wedding, the wedding photography money. So I had kept obviously booking weddings. So I had kind of like double commitments for a term and you will find that there might be a little bit of like an overwhelming period for you too when you're doing this. But I do think it's really important for you to baby step and not just go, I'm done with that side of my business. I'm chucking out all of that goodwill and all of that potential income to focus over here where I don't know that there's necessarily any clients yet. No, you need to take that time to just merge. (laughs) And as I said, wait for that seesaw to tip in the other way. And then you can probably start saying no to what the stuff that right now is maybe not lighting you up up as much as, as, as perhaps the potential in another area of your business is. Now, the third way I would suggest for you to definitely look at transitioning into a new area in your business or trying something new is probably to learn from someone who's done it before you, because when you've made a decision and you know that it's time for something to happen, and especially if you've been in you, in your business for a few years, you know how hard it can be to master one area of your photography business and all of the business stuff that comes along with that as well. So I think if you can fast track that journey, trust me, you're going to be way better off learning the fundamentals from someone who's already done it before you. And I know that this will make transitioning into whatever the new thing is for you in your business way easier than trying to bumble along and learn the hard way for yourself. And if you're, let's say you're doing really well with, you know, family portraits over here, it's going to be like counterproductive because if you, if you're trying to, let's say you're trying to crack into personal branding, it's going to be harder than the thing you're trying to move on from. Okay. You know that it's going to, you know, transitioning into a new genre of photography, say is harder than the one that you've been comfortable doing for the last five years. However, you know, the, the easy thing is, you know, let's be honest, the easy thing will win out. So you might find yourself getting stuck there the following year. So you do, I always think it's great to just learn from someone so you can hasten the process of getting to be a master at something new. That's, that's just my kind of my feeling around things. Now, I hope that this episode has been helpful to you. And I just want to kind of round this out because you're going to go like, Paula, what was the story at the start for? I believe just like kids, photographers, we're creative. Yeah. We need to be able to let our curiosity take our fancy and pick up new toys, pick up new ideas, pick up fresh approaches and find new inspiration. Otherwise, I think we can end up feeling a little stale in what we produce. And there also is just this reality that you can't help but really get to know is that you grow up with your business. You grow up in your life as a person and your business can grow with you. And something that you might have been completely obsessed with five years ago 
might just not make sense to your future. It might not make sense to your present or your future. I know for me, once upon a time, I was absolutely obsessed with photographing babies. I just loved it for a very short season. And you know why? Because I had a baby at home and I just loved babies. I was just so in that mode. But as soon as my daughter could walk, (laughs) the babies, they were gone from my business. (laughs) And That's the thing. We all grow on from things quite quickly. And I want to see you have longevity in your photography business, but I also want you to still pay tribute and to listen in to that little curious kid, that little creative kid inside of you that might be itching to try something different. So I hope that this episode has helped you maybe to give yourself permission to maybe try something a little bit different to not listen to the naysayers who are probably the people who are just trying to protect you and keep you safe and go out there and impress them and blow their socks off and be brave and try something new because uh, as somebody who's had a career of kind of like reinvention (laughs) throughout, let me tell you, it's definitely something that keeps me hot and it keeps me on my toes and it stops me from feeling complacent but it also you know, helps to inspire other people around me as well. So if you're feeling the itchy feet, you know, it is normal to make some, want to make some moves. And I think that this time of year, it's kind of like the perfect time to reflect and just make sure that your business is moving in the direction that you want it to in the new year. And if it's not, maybe it's time to make a plan to make some changes. So my friend, again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll look forward to catching with you on the next one. Yeah.